Hey y'all, welcome to the Anxiety Warriors podcast. We are your hosts, Margo and Abby. We are friends, teachers, and storytellers, but above all, we're anxiety warriors on a mission to raise awareness and understanding about anxiety and mental health. You will hear honest, engaging, and joyful stories from us and many other anxiety warriors about living with anxiety. If you're seeking a space to laugh, connect, feel inspired and empowered, and learn valuable tips rooted in mindfulness and more, your warrior community is here for you. Join us as we navigate this journey of life together. Welcome back, warriors. Yay! We are so excited that you're here with us again this week. Mm -hmm. If you taste of your lips, you're toxic. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome, warriors. I don't know that song. I do like that Britney song, though. I love that song, but I've always struggled with the lyrics, too. I need to read them. I've never read them. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. No idea what she's saying. Yeah. Maybe you could write us in warriors and give us the line at the beginning of that Britney Spears classic toxic. Um, Mm -hmm. We're going to be chatting today about toxic positivity. Something we get a lot of in our field of work in terms of like people that are in the mental health wellness world, people in the yoga world. I think it comes a lot from law of attraction, honestly. I mean, Mm -hmm. it comes from that and some other things too. Mm-hmm. Just think positive things and good things will happen in your life. Just be grateful all the time. Yeah. Gratitude and fixes everything. That's it. That's it. A positive attitude will make your life great. No one likes the negative Nancy. <laughs> Shout out to our, our former guest, Nancy. <laughs> no offense, Nancy. <laughs> no, you're not, not negative. <laughs> it's just right. You, you wonder if, it, if people named Nancy feel bad about that whole situation. When did it happen? When did negative Nancy happen? Very unfair. Yeah. Very unfair for the Nancys in the world. Yeah. And it's like Karen's, right? Like Karen's now every Karen has a bad rap for being. Yeah. Right. For being a Karen. That's right. It's like you can never name your kid Karen now because hopefully if they're a Karen and their name Karen, it's like terrible. Terrible. Agreed. All right. So what comes up for you when you hear the phrase toxic positivity? Like, how do you associate this phrase? How would you define this? Yeah. And I think it's important that we both share how we define it, because I think that many times when people hear toxic positivity, they might have generalized ideas. But if we don't have a shared language, then we don't necessarily know what we're talking about. Mm. So for me, toxic positivity is like the the belief that no matter like how dire the situation is or how difficult it is or how challenging it is, you know, how, how much horribleness has happened. It's like maintain a positive mindset. You know, it's like the good vibes only crew, right? Mm. It's like, um, it's taking the idea of like a, a positive mindset to the extreme. I feel like it's extremism, like toxic positivity is extreme positivity. Right. And, and I'm not, when I'm saying this, I'm not knocking a positive mindset. I mm. think that finding the good in things is excellent. I also think finding things to be positive about helps combat the negativity bias that we all have. Right. So I think being positive, looking for the good or great things, but when, you know, toxic positivity, uh, tells you to only focus 
on the pleasant parts or tells you to reject any difficult or unpleasant emotions, tells you to pretend things are okay when they're not, be cheerful, be positive, you know, tells you to act a way that you don't authentically feel. Um, it It's like teaching yourself to gaslight yourself and others, right? And like, the, the reality is, is that they're like, not all of life is sunshine and rainbows. So when you do that, um, when you put it on others, when you give other people toxic positivity, you might be like adding shame or blame to their lives and actually harming them. So that's the short, you know, for yeah. me, like sentences, like everything happens for a reason Look uh. on the bright side, you know, like just stay positive. Like don't, don't add negative vibes to your life. You don't know what you're going to pull in or attract into your life by being negative. Right. It's like, that's all for me, toxic positivity. I just see it very harmful to people, the people yes. that do it to themselves and the people that do it to others. Totally. But, uh, what about you? I mean, it's like everything. It's everything you said. It's to me, it's, it's definitely a subtle form of gaslighting. Mm -hmm. It seems like a little bit less purposeful in a way than gaslighting, right? Is sometimes gaslighting and like narcissism go hand in hand. And, mm -hmm. um, it feels like there's a little bit, maybe more malice or negative intent when people are intentionally gaslighting versus yes. doing toxic positivity. And I like what you said about, um, you know, you can adopt at least sometimes, right. A positive mindset while yeah. not completely invalidating your experience and your feelings or discounting said. what you're dealing with. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like I want to believe that sometimes it's, it's from a place of love, but mm -hmm. it's, it isn't, it's misguided. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's like, I don't know. It's like you, I want to believe I am hopeful, right. That people that are engaging at least to a certain extent in toxic positivity or speaking in the, all the ways and phrases that you just shared, right. Look on the bright side, you know, just be grateful. Like everything we're saying, stay positive, stay upbeat, sunshine and rainbows mm -hmm. is like, they're trying to help you get away from discomfort when in reality, right. We know that we need to sit with the discomfort in order to actually be able to move through the discomfort. And yeah. so what I, one of the things that comes up for me when I think about this is like, we can adopt a positive mindset and look at, and also look at things like optimism as something that's different, mm -hmm, right. Mm -hmm. Than being positive, uh, than, than toxic positivity, right? Like you can be an optimistic person. You can, you can, you know, for yourself adopt that kind of mindset, right. right. To help yourself. But I feel like where the toxic positivity comes in. Yes, you can do it to yourself. There's certainly self gaslighting, self toxic positivity, but I always think about it first when it's like people telling other people yes. things, right? Yes. Like it's in communication. At least this is how it comes up for me more often is that it's in yeah. communication with others where right. it becomes more, even more harmful because you're just projecting your own belief system, the, you know, the way that you view the world, the lens in which you're coming from your own yes. past traumas onto that person. Right. Um, and look, I, I can subscribe to a certain extent to like good energy breeds can breed good energy, right? Like, you know, putting out love in the world, hopefully brings that back to you. I'm not saying mm -hmm. that this kind of thing isn't real or doesn't exist. I think we all have like the things that we cling to because they help our mental health. And that's yeah. one of them. Right. Yeah. But like 
there's a difference between me doing that to support myself and speaking yes. in I am statements or I feel statements or this was what feels right for me. And then me projecting that onto other people, especially right. if they're struggling with something right. like, and they're being forthcoming about that struggle. So right. I think that was, yeah, I know that was a lot of words, but <laughs> no, it's, I mean, the first thing that I, I wanted to say based off of what you said is like, I totally agree with you that I think when people are doing toxic positivity to other people, that they're doing it from a place of maybe wanting to help, but right. either not really wanting to get involved, right? Because when you give platitudes, you don't actually have to get involved. True. It's like, well, look on the bright side, or at least you have this, you know, mm -hmm. um, at oh, that's the you, worst. Yeah. Right. It's like, I'm not discounting the things I do have and still, you know, yeah. um, and so either one, like they want to, they want to feel supportive, supportive. Like they want to feel like they're supporting, but they also don't want to get involved. Right. Or two, they want to feel like they're supporting, but they don't know deep down how uncomfortable they are with discomfort. Mm -hmm. Right. And so if someone is grieving, right, that might bring a lot up for them. And so for them, it's easier to stay on the easy breezy surface, look on the bright side side of things rather than companion the person in their in their darkness. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. So like when 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 you said, but we know, like sometimes you have to go through the discomfort to actually get to a better place. You know, I think that for people with toxic positivity, it's not they're not intentionally harming, but sometimes they are actually causing real harm. Yeah. No, yeah. So true. Right. But I feel like it's the intentionality and, and, and being able to be in reflective mode. Like I know when I share my story, I'm actually the bad guy in the story. Ooh. Yeah. And I thought about this long and hard. It's like, I've obviously been on the receiving end of toxic positivity, especially yeah. in our line of work, but as a young person, right. Yeah. Who didn't have the the communication skills, the knowledge, right. The understanding about mm -hmm. dealing with anything that was uncomfortable. Like I didn't understand my anxiety. I didn't understand the way it was interacting with me physically, yeah. you know? And so, yeah. So like when I share it's I'm, I'm the one like offering the toxic positivity, right. Oh my and God. I'm so moment, This moment really shaped me in such a valuable way because uh -huh. it, it's what taught me. It was like my first teacher. It was a true aha for me in like, Oh, what am I doing? What, I must've said something wrong. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, and it, maybe it's just, and it happened to hit me at the right moment too, where I was ready and willing to understand that what I was doing wasn't, wasn't helpful, that it was harmful. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious. I want to, I mean, first of all, I can relate to having more toxic positivity in my twenties. Yeah. You said younger. Um, and for me, mine was definitely flavored by law of attraction because mm -hmm. it was ingrained in me that what you think is what you attract into your life. So I was right. a terrified of attracting negative things in my life. Yeah. So I toxic positivity myself a lot. Right. And it mm -hmm. was really uncomfortable. And then um, I would do that for others thinking I was helping them. Right. Well, that yeah. was what I thought. Yeah. Exactly. So let's. Yeah. I love how you're like. I'm well, I don't think you said the bad guy, the villain. Would I did. You, no, I said I'm the bad guy. I'm the bad guy. I'm I'm yeah. excited. I mean, I'm let's hear. Yeah. Yeah. So again, it was a long time ago. I'm 40 now. And so this was in my early 20s. Um, and you know, I when you just talked about like, oh, when I was younger, law of attraction, I was like, I don't really know 
where I got the idea that like, this is the, what, this is what you say to help mm-hmm. people, probably TV, my yeah. own family, right? Like my, my friends at the time, it's like, this is the way we treated people when they were struggling with yeah. anything, even if it felt like minutia, right. To you, it's like that, that compassion piece was just something that like, I didn't have a lot of kids mm-hmm. don't have or young people with underdeveloped, undeveloped brains, fully yeah. developed. Um, and so, yeah, so in my early twenties, I was having a conversation with a coworker and they were a good few years older than me at the time. And she was sharing about how she was ready to settle down, to find a partner and have kids. And these were all things that I didn't understand, like on a deep level. <laughs> and so like I had been with my partner already for a few years, but I was still really young and I just didn't understand like that it may be closer to 30, right? you want things differently than you do when you're in your early twenties. Mm-hmm. Maybe people in their early twenties want all those things. I'm not disparaging anyone. Not really. Or at least I certainly wasn't trying to. Um, and so she was, you know, just really upset about like a bad, I think it was, I don't remember all the specifics, but I feel like it was a, a bad date or like a, you know, it was an early relationship that then ended suddenly and she was upset about it. So she was commiserating with me and a couple of other of our coworkers. Um, and so like my immediate thought was like, ah, like why, why, why do you want to settle down? Like you're still young. There's still so much time. Like you're free to travel. You can hold on to your money. Like I was literally just like throwing all the things that I thought were amazing that I would want it at the time. Right. For mm-hmm. myself, like that you're so lucky, right. Look at everything you have type, type situation. And she had traveled. She'd gotten to see a lot of interesting countries and do a lot of interesting stuff. And I was just like, hear all the things. And she looked at me square in my face and go and said, I don't want those things anymore. I already did that. I traveled. I did all those things. I want a relationship. I want a family. Like, and I just felt like immediately, like, like I shrunk. I wanted to just like hide in my shirt and just like slink out the room. I'm like, I know I wasn't the only one out of a small group of us that might've been thinking some of the same stuff, but I don't know if I was just like the quickest at the jump or I was just like, Mm -hmm. let me just gloss over and bandaid over this person's emotions about losing this potential partner, someone she was into or whatever, and just remind her of all the good things that she has in her life. Right. And really what I was doing was projecting the things that I believed were important or should be important in everyone's life at that time. And so I will never forget this moment. She just looked me square in the face and like put me in my place, like in a way that I hadn't really experienced before. Like I'm allowed, like energetic. I mean, when I feel comfortable and safe, I'm an Mm -hmm. introvert, but that can be extroverted around people that make me feel comfortable and safe. Mm -hmm. And so I felt safe, right. To be able to be myself around these people. And unfortunately at that time, myself was someone that believed it was okay to just gloss over people's like stuff. And so I felt like, Oh my God. And it changed everything for me because from that day forward, I always take pause before I speak to people. I wow. always, I mean, obviously years have gone by. I've yes. gained yeah, lots yeah. more life experience and the work that I do now is so different than what I was doing then. And so I, and I've gone through a lot more myself. So I have more self-compassion and I have, I can be in reflective mode and be honest about all the ways that I messed up and wish I could have done better. Right. Mm -hmm. But I will, I just love this moment because it was pivotal and helping me to realize, Hey, all those things may not be what that person that's trying to share how they feel really want. And I need people, I needed someone to like 
splash the water on my face and say over and like advocate for themselves so fully. No, I don't want those things you just said. I want this. I want this. I want this. And I want them now. Like, yeah. and it was such a, and it was anyway, it's hard. It's really hard to, to fully articulate what a moment it was, but I'm certainly grateful for it because it made me remember or learn for the first time. And now continue to remember that my experience is not everyone's experience. Right. It's right. never going to be. And so the best gift I can offer is just to listen and hold the space. Yeah. Listen, hold the space with listening, ask questions. How can I support, right? What can I do in this moment to help, right? Like all those things that I, I've learned ha- is the secret sauce and yeah. has been for me in, in many, in the many years that I've gone by since is always what I know that I need at the end of the day too. Mm-hmm. And so that is what I do my best to offer to other, other people now. Right. It's just don't, we can't gloss over someone's experience. If they're telling you something, they're giving you the gift of their feelings. Yeah. You could say, I don't have the bandwidth to hold this right now. Yes. You know, you could say, I wish I had more things to say that would be helpful, but I don't have those things. Right. But again, this comes with time and learning. And so I want to be self-compassionate to my younger self and say, okay, Margo, but you didn't know that suffering time. And like, so it's okay. Right. Just like with any learning moment, it doesn't always feel good. No, no, I'm sure in the moment, moment it reason. didn't. Right. <laughs> it did not. It always yeah. didn't feel good. But I, I'm like, I was so in, when I think about this person too, like I'm so proud of her for saying it. Right. right. And, and I've come to learn that saying hard things out loud to people, especially that have hurt you in the moment, mm-hmm. but in a calm and concise way is that is what that person needs to hear whether they know it yet yet or not right it is what that person needs to hear so yeah yes i mean i'll just reflect that i know that you've put in the work right and that is because i don't when i am having a really hard time when i'm miserable and feel like a grouch and raging or depressed or whatever like I don't tell a lot of people about that because there is a fear of being rejected. Yeah. But when I'm having a hard time, I know I can always go to you. Yeah. You know? And so like, and that is because you're not going to give me platitudes. You have definitely practiced companioning the moment. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. I have. Yeah. And I can, and I can sit, I can sit strong in it. Right. And know that I have that skill. Yeah. Um, And be able to say, like I said, if people come to you and they, they want to, you know, unload their stuff, it's okay for you to also say, I love you, but I can't right now. Yeah. Right. I don't have the X, Y, or Z, whatever it is. And if that person's not okay with that now, like within reason, right. I mean, like if you're, if you're always telling that person, I can't handle you, then like mm-hmm. maybe you need to reevaluate that relationship. Right. Right. But Sometimes you need breaks. Sometimes you are also dealing with your own stuff and it depends on how often a person's comes to you, right? Like, so like there are a million ways you can look at a situation. This was a one-off moment that I'm sure it, again, reflecting how many other times that people feel discounted by me and didn't tell me, right. right? Or didn't talk to me again in that way. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, I just, I just wanted to throw that back in too, but That's, I mean, that kind of hits on like my story a little bit about how 
when I received a ton of toxic positivity, it just made me not go back to those people. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you're right. Like she was brave to say, this is not helpful. And, and that gave you the opportunity to reflect if you chose to reflect. And you're right with, with everyone, it's different, but again, we don't have to give platitudes and fake joy. We can just say, I don't have the bandwidth for this. Yes. Right. That's not toxic positivity. That's like valuing your boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's yeah. hear. Let's hear. Okay. Yours. So, um, the one, the, the one that always stands out to me when I think about toxic positivity, and I've, I've definitely told versions of this story, like to you and on the pod and stuff, but was like 2016 is like the, like the dark year of my life where I had gotten out of a five and a half year relationship. My dad's diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. I'm moving, right? Like there's all of these things up in the air. And for me, one thing that really bothers me is when people are inauthentic, right? When people don't practice what they preach. And so I was working with some people and we were working a week long together. And the whole time during this training, they're preaching about holding space. You know, this was some type of yoga training. They're preaching about holding space and companioning the moment and not giving answers and being able to sit in your own discomfort is what a real teacher really needs to do. And I was walking with these two married ladies. I had just gotten out of a five and a half year relationship with someone that at some point I thought we were going to get married. I'm 33, very close to 34 at this point. Okay. Getting a little older in the dating world. And we're walking and they're like, oh, so how are things going? And so I shared how, you know, I I will say that I was guarded in sharing with them. Um, I didn't say everything, but I shared how like I was, you know, uncomfortable entering the dating world again. After five and a half years, I had never done online dating before. That felt super uncomfortable. I didn't know how to navigate that. And also like, I'm almost 34 At the time, I really wanted kids. I wanted marriage. And I was deeply afraid that I wouldn't get those things. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, my God, it must be so fun getting back in the dating world. And I'm like, what? Like, you literally just did a talk about being able to hold space, right? And they're like, oh, it would be so fun just like to go out and date for like a month or so. And, you know, these are like two married, you know, and. I understand that they were like projecting based on their own, right? But when they were asking me how I was doing and when I shared honestly, not vulnerably, but honestly, Mm -hmm. right? Their response was like, I was so lucky to be able to date. Not like, wow, after five and a half years, that must be really uncomfortable, like trying to figure out who you are and, you know, what you're going to do in your relationship life, mm-hmm. you know? And so that traveled through when my dad had pancreatic cancer in the same week long that we were together. At some point they asked about my dad, right? And it's pancreatic cancer. We know that's a death sentence. We know that. And they were like, well, I heard about this like beet juice detox and I heard about this wheatgrass. Like they literally Googled online like detoxes for cancer and they were trying to be helpful. And like, I was like, okay, you know? And then they were like, well, at least you get this time with him. Like at least he didn't just like get hit by a car and you lost him. Oh my God. (laughs) 
And, <laughs> and I had to work with them the entire week, <laughs> hearing them say this shit about being able to hold space, not give answers, sit in your discomfort. And like, they couldn't even do it in the two moments like that they asked me about me. And I mean, for me, that was my lesson, right? From that moment on, I didn't really share anything with them mm. because their responses, what those responses did is it made me feel misunderstood. It made me, it like invalidated my feelings, right? Um, and it just made me feel worse about my situation. Like, oh my God, why aren't I thinking that dating is fun? I obviously I didn't think that, right? Like, yeah. And, and, and what I wish I had actually responded is like exactly what that girl did. I wish I said like, this isn't helping, (laughs) you know, like, I wish I just said it, you know, in a neutral, calm way. Like, Hey, the things you're saying are actually hurting me right now. Or the things you are saying, make me feel like you're not listening, Mm -hmm. you know, or what you're saying is not helping, you know? And I understand this coming from a place of help, but like, you're not holding space. Yeah. Right. And, and, and so, yeah, I mean, basically I stopped talking to them about anything and it made me moving forward, like really guarded in the heavier stuff that I shared with people. Right. Right. Because like when you're in your third, when I'm in my thirties after getting out of a five and a half year relationship and I'm afraid I might not ever meet anyone again. Right. Like telling me how fun dating is, especially when you haven't ever done online dating is like the worst response. And so like, I think about like shortly after my dad passed, I found this book, which I've mentioned before on the pod. It's okay that you're not okay by Megan Devine. And she actually has this great video about companioning moments as opposed to toxic positivity. And I think Brene Brown has another one too. So they both have these great like animated videos where they're talking over it. And they share how like, you know, if someone's child dies and they have another child, like people will be like, well, at least you have your other kid. Right. Yeah. Or, and it's horrible stuff. But but we don't realize how horrible it is until we really like hear it, yeah. you know. And so. That was my like, that is always the story that always comes first for me whenever I think about toxic positivity. And, and for me, it was a more triggering only because they were preaching to behave a different way. Right. <laughs> I mean, if they weren't preaching about holding space and leaning into discomfort, you know, and all behaviors communicating unmet need, like if they weren't preaching that, it would have been annoying. And I, right. you know, but it was like extra problematic for me because it's like, how dare you pretend you do those things when you can't even do them with someone you're like co-working with? Yeah. Wow. I mean, I just, I knew most of the pieces of that story Yeah, talking to you about it, it, you know, at length at different times, but there was a couple of new dribbles in there that Mm -hmm. that were new for me, like Mm -hmm. looking up beet juice cleanses, which it, it made my whole body stiffen. And I, I can't even imagine or I could imagine. And that's what's so infuriating. Yeah. How upsetting that must've been for you. I mean, it's like, do you know what fucking pancreatic cancer is? You know, right. and like, do you not think that my mom and I have Googled everything under the sun? For real. I mean, yes, I mean, actually, there oh, are. I never thought about that. Right. Wow, you just changed my whole life. Wait. Thank you so much. Google? What is Google? 
oh, wait, so I should listen to what you Googled rather than what our doctors are saying? Like, you know, like, I mean, there's so many layers to it. And and the, the thing is, is that I'm pretty sure that in some instances of some cancers, there is some wheatgrass treatment that does something, right? Yeah. All cancers are different. You don't treat all cancers the same. And so, yeah, so that was like, I was like, uh, like I had to explain to them why that wasn't a good suggestion. It's like, well, <laughs> of course you were still trying to educate them in that moment. <laughs> of course you were, um, because you're an infinitely better person. Um, but I just feel like just think, just thinking about the fact that they had these opportunities, right. To show up for you. And, oh yeah. And it was like, they asked the question, but didn't want the answer. Yeah. Right. Cause yeah. I would imagine, as you said, you understand, everyone understands what pancreatic cancer is. So when they asked, how's it going with your dad, yeah. right. They knew or should have known with any modicum of intelligence that, um, the prognosis was bad. And that yes. most likely what you were dealing with was a big fucking struggle. And watching so like, him if, lose weight, watching him, you know, like, right. did I go so, into so any not, of that with them? No. Not being prepared to hold that <laughs> makes no right. sense to me. Why ask the question? If you do not have the capacity to hear about mm -hmm. what's really going on yeah. with a situation that you can fully understand without yeah. knowing anyone personally that's had pancreatic cancer then why are you asking the question? It's like, it's the pretending that I imagine yeah. might've hurt me the most. And so I'm yeah. wondering, and you kind of said, you're like, it's the, it's a not living authentically or practicing what you mm -hmm. preach. So like, would you say that that was the worst part about it was the fact that. Yes. In regards to those though. Yeah. I wish they didn't ask or yeah. like, you know, and, and I was guarded in my responses anyway. I already knew I couldn't say that much. Right. right. But I mean, the fact that like we're sitting in the same room and you're talking to the people and saying hold space and you literally cannot do it in this moment with me, someone, you know, right. Like right. you just instantly went to look on the bright side, you know, right. I, it was like, I just felt like I was gaslit. I was like, what are we like, if I'm going to be teaching people about yoga, I want to embody what I'm saying. I don't want to tell people to act one way. And then, you know, I go act some other way, you know, like, yeah. And like, we can still honor, like with what I shared, it's like, you can, you can make mistakes or say the wrong thing to people. Yeah. But then if that person, like, if you, if you had the choice, right. And you were able to go back in time and speak to them, right. Like you kind yeah. of said already, I would say, right. This is harmful. What you're saying is hurting yeah. me. Right. Like, and so it's, but not everyone's going to be able or willing to receive that information. Yeah. And so like just having the understanding that we all have the capacity to practice not engaging in toxic positivity. Yeah. We have the opportunity to reflect on our previous bad behaviors as a younger yeah. person or just as a person, totally. no matter what age you are and yeah. say, maybe some of the stuff we're sharing, right. Is triggering to you and either my story or yours or a little mm -hmm. bit of both. Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, it, I guess what, what I'm hoping for people to take away, right. From what we're sharing here is that there's always room for growth and change and doing better, no yeah. matter what, no matter where you are in this, right. In this world, <laughs> because, you know, the thing is like, I had enough on my plate. I didn't feel 
the calling to educate them on how to interact with me with these really big, hard things going on in my life. I didn't have the energy to do that on top of navigating the grief of the relationship and the grief of my father's health and everything. Right. Um, So I just pulled away. But like what I think, like what I'm hearing you say, and I agree is like, there is the opportunity for all of us to reflect on our go-to habits Mm-hmm. When, when people share uncomfortable things with us, right? Before we react, let's be curious about our own reaction. Do we want to just dismiss it? You know, do we want to give some platitude and change the subject? Do we want to companion the moment, you know? And like, I think that's the, the most important part is like the way we communicate is going to impact the relationship for better or worse. Mm-hmm. And so even if we don't know what to say, we can simply say that I have, I have had people that have since my dad passed, right. Doesn't mean I know what to say to other people. I've had friends where their parents have also passed since my dad has passed. I have no fucking idea what to say to them, but I say that like, this really sucks. I want to support you. I don't know what to say. Yeah. Right? right. And so I think that's what we can do is, is, is notice what our habits are and be curious about them. And, and maybe if we think that, oh, okay, I'm kind of dismissive because it's uncomfortable to me, we can just change our habit. Like we don't have to like all of a sudden engage with everyone. We don't have to like, that's not what I'm saying, but we can at least just say like, I see you're having a hard time and I don't know what to say, or I see you're having a hard time, but I'm also having a hard time. I don't have the bandwidth. Right. As opposed to just like, well, look on the bright side. All right. See you later. Yeah. Right. It's like when people ask you, how are you? And you say, I'm fine. That's like, that's just like the normal small talk mm-hmm. go to people aren't actually asking. And then for you to divulge like a fuck ton of information on them. And most likely it, and the sad part is, is that it's just become culturally acceptable to ask people, how are you doing? And just say, I'm fine, no matter yep. what you're dealing with. Yep. And you're sure there's a time and a place to share. Right. But like w- with, with age and experience, I know speaking for myself, I've learned that there are those people that you can go to. Like recently I was in a somewhat petty, but to me it was an important situation. Mm-hmm. And I knew who can I go to that are not going to dismiss the way that I feel. Yeah. No, however petty. And I had all of you were one of them and several other people say what you're dealing with actually isn't petty. Right. <laughs> right? And so like it was, I was self-gaslighting myself yes. in a situation. I was doing toxic positivity to myself. Yeah. Saying things like you shouldn't be this upset about this. You have all these other things to be grateful for in this moment. And instead I knew I need more than that. This isn't, this isn't helping or serving. I know who I can talk to that are going to commiserate with me. They're going to hold space. They're going to listen. And so with age and experience, you kind of figure out, yeah, you know, trial and error, right? You, you, you said when you were speaking to these two people, you knew that you had to be somewhat guarded. Maybe you thought mm-hmm. you'd get a little bit better of a response, but then you learned, okay, can't share anything of value with these people. Right. Right. So as shitty and fucked up as the situation was, I'm at least hopeful that what you came away with and correct me, correct me if I'm wrong is like, Hey, I don't have the relationship with these people that I thought I did. Oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's not going to grow, you know, like that was the, I'm not going to invest as much emotionally in it. Um, I really, wait, there was something you just said. Oh yeah. And the last thing that I'll just say, um, is that two things can be true at once, right? Like you could have been really upset about the situation 
and still have gratitude for all the things you do have. And I think that that's part of it is that when someone's having a hard time, they still know there's things they can be grateful for, but they don't want to be reminded of that right now. <laughs> you exactly. know, like they, they can do that. They can think of that. I think a lot of times we beat ourselves up for having a hard time and we don't need someone else to remind us of why we shouldn't have a hard time and focus on the good. It's like just yeah. companion them where they are. And just by listening, it can make a huge shift. Totally. Yeah. It's like when you're, when a toddler is laying on the floor, screaming and kicking, right They're they're they do not have the words to tell you why they're upset. Mm -hmm. And so you letting them know though, that you're there and you love them and you love them no matter what, and mm -hmm. you're going to be there next to them while they struggle is what they need, right? It's what we may not be kicking and screaming all the time as, as adult human beings, but that may be going on inside of us yes. and we may not have the words or the desire even to express that out outwardly. And so, as we've said, you know, in previous episodes and in general, it's like, just be kind, just okay. be honest, be honest. I think that's the other thing too. It's like the through line in both of our stories is just the honesty piece. Mm -hmm. You want the person you're speaking to, to obviously be an integrity and be an honest person. And that might include them telling you, I don't have the space for this right now. And you want the ability to be honest with them and say, what you're saying is harmful and hurtful. And here's yeah. why. Right. Right. Um, yeah. And I love what you shared about both things being true. It's like just thinking about my own stupid little issue that I've just dealt with over the weekend. And again, I'm just gaslit myself calling it stupid. <laughs> recovering, recovering people, please are perfectionist um, self gaslighter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Recovering like, self -gaslighter. <laughs> I don't even know where I was going with this. I I'm just going to two things are true. Whatever. Right. Two things are true at once. And, and we can, we can hold space for ourselves and others while also acknowledging that like, it doesn't mean this person isn't grateful. It doesn't mean I'm not a grateful person. Right. 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 Nor do you need to be reminded of it. Exactly. In that moment. Mm -hmm. Well said. All right. Warriors. So we hope that um, something you heard today, at least, you know, sparks a little flame in, in your mind about your experience with toxic positivity from either end of the spectrum, right? Mm -hmm. Like, have you participated in it yourself? Mm -hmm. Um, I'm sure you have, I think we all have at some point mm -hmm. in our lives. Yep. Um, have you worked to do better? If you haven't, what are some things you can do to work to do better? Maybe yeah. even just listening to us share about this is a first step for you to even think about toxic positivity and how it's, how it impacts you, how it's showed up in your life. And we hope that it has, um, in some small way helped mm -hmm. you to think about it. Um, take a second this week and reflect on your go-to habits when people share hard stuff with you and how their responses might make others feel and how your responses, when you are being given the gift of their experience might impact them, um, yeah. in negative ways. All right. So Abby, do you have a win of the week? Win of the week. Yeah. And this actually kind of goes in line with toxic positivity. Kind of. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> okay. So um, Arrow, my dog, has had a lot of health issues. Basically, ever since March, it's been nonstop. And if I didn't have a second dog, Noki. Um, I would think that I was doing something wrong, but I'm not. Apparently some dogs just have issues. And so the most recent one is a rare parasite. And he has been on azithromycin for, uh, you know, a week and a half now. 
And it has been very, very hard because the azithromycin makes him nauseous and can cause vomiting if he doesn't eat. And so for the first week, he was waking us up between 4.30 and 6 a.m. vomiting Mm. uh, bile. And we had stayed up to like 11 at night every night to give him food. Um, And even that didn't help. Um, You know, so, you know, sometimes I would wake up at 4.30 in the morning to take him downstairs to give him some food so he wouldn't vomit. Again, waking up at 4.30 in the morning, you know, either way. So my win... (laughs) is that I reached out to the vet, we cut the dosage in half, and we've had two days in a row of no vomiting. And I can't tell you how big a win that is. (laughs) Um, It's been extremely stressful. There's been very little sleep. Um, Trying to get him to eat has been really challenging, but we have gone two days without vomiting bile. So huge win. Yes, that is huge, right? Two days in a row. That's big. Yes. Yes. It's not just two, like Great one sleep. day this week, one day last week. I mean, two days in a row is, is massive. Going for three tonight. That's uh yes. that's the hope. But Arrow, let's get a turkey. Toxic, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh tied it into toxic positivity because the response to that could have been like so many things, you know, if 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 I was gonna be on the receiving end of toxic positivity, at least you have another dog. At least your dog's healthy. At least he makes you happy. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, so it's that has been a win. So hopefully more sleep is in all of our futures. Yes, more sleep. More sleep makes everyone better people. Mm-hmm. And pets. And I'm sure poor Arrow could use a little bit more rest himself. And clearly he's struggling. So suffering. Yes. yes. And you're yes. suffering with him. Yes. Mm. Meds well, are done good. Friday, so we'll be good. Hopefully. What was that? Meds are done Friday. Yes. Okay. So hopefully, well, hopefully the parasite will be gone and he will be better. Mm-hmm. We are all thinking about that now. Ho- I'm, when this will be coming out way past a few weeks after that, but yeah, maybe you know we can we can update the warriors on just at least your sleep. Yes. Hopefully being better. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, thank you for sharing that win. I'm glad. Thanks. I'm so glad for you, an arrow. Like sleep is always a win. Extra sleep yes. and no vomiting. Extra, yeah. Always a win. Huge wins. Massive. All right, warriors. Well, we love you so much. Thank you for tuning in again this week. If you'd like to connect with us for any reason, you can shoot us an email at anxietywarriorspodcast at gmail.com. Hop on over to Instagram and join our Instagram fam. We're at anxiety warriors podcast smash that five-star rating on Apple podcasts or Spotify, Amazon music, or wherever you tune in, like, and subscribe to our YouTube channel and jump in our show notes and head on over to our threadless merch shop link and buy yourself some anxiety warriors podcast swag for mm-hmm. you, the warriors in your life. Just got some fun designs and, um, different merch over there. So you can support our show. Yeah. Yes. Thank you all so much for going on this journey with us. We are so grateful we get to do this with you every week. We love you. Till next time.